0: that third slide for me it won't go well pastor greg is running which is impressive i might add probably need to do a couple more miles like that all right Yeah, we want to go to number three where we're going to get that video. Skip that one. There we go. All right. This is new for me, uh, speaking two different services, but I always have Sunday school first. And so I'm going to try to cut out a bunch of stuff because Pastor Greg said you're all coming back for the next, for Sunday school. And I got some amazing stories. I was uh, telling Merle, you got to hear the story about the dirt. There's an amazing God story that will just blow you away. How many of you like playing in dirt? Uh, several of you. There you go. I, I guess if we had more kids here, maybe that would be the case. But so what makes uh, IRBC so special? This church, we'll talk about it in Sunday school, had uh, your fingerprints all over it. First director, first caretaker, uh, gardener in loops, uh, had such an impact. This church had such an impact, and through the years, we're just so grateful for the opportunities. But what makes it so special? Well, you got uh, youth camps, and you'll hear all about that. We got five fam- weeks of family camp. And Ezra, are you ready for family camp? That is so quiet. I thought you'd be really loud when I said that. Ezra, man, he was bouncing when I came in this morning, and that's good at 7.30 when you're bouncing, right? And so uh, we just love those uh, weeks of family camp. Uh, Love the contenders. They're a big part of our family camp, and you've actually had at least four contenders. Did you know that? So uh, Pastor Stephen and Ellen were contenders. Uh, They taught and uh, were part of that team. And then Katie, Uh, was a part of the Contenders, and Pastor Greg, and Carrie's an honorary member of the Contenders, uh, kind of. She actually got to work with me a little bit more, so that's probably more special, right, in the office, but loved serving uh, together with so many, and uh, loved the impact. Uh, I love the opportunity to serve with our our college-age staff, our high school staff. We'll talk a little bit more about involvement there. But uh, what makes it special? I'll hit on this verse in just a second. So uh, just quickly, I don't want to take too, too long with stories, but let me just say that the impact of the gospel is so amazing. And I'm thankful for the opportunities we have to be able to, to uh, reach so many. The top left uh, picture, you see some stars there. Uh, each one of these boys actually was on scholarship to come to camp. Uh, Jay Fro down in the middle, he was one of the contenders for this year. He actually was part of their cabin. Uh, but three of those young men trusted in Christ. These young boys from Ames, Iowa, who uh, they needed to hear the gospel, but they needed uh, to hear the gospel in a place that was set apart uh, Just there's so many distractions and you're just getting bombarded by the things of the world. This is an awesome opportunity. You know the impact of camp. I'd love to hear some of those things potentially in our Sunday school hour, but there are just so many uh, opportunities. Uh, We love our special camp. And I I threw this slide in here in the morning service just to say, uh, we need counselors. We need helpers for special camp. If you have some desire to help out, beginning of June for a week. Uh, we would love to, uh, to uh, help you be involved. Uh, I think you know Bethany Moore and Gary Moore. Gary Moore randomly calls me. I don't know if you've uh, met uh, Pastor Gary, uh, but he called me yesterday. He asked me about special camp. I said, well, just so happens I'm going to see your daughter tomorrow, hopefully. I don't know if she's going to be able to be here today, uh, but uh, their family is so passionate about special camp and the opportunity to minister and excited about that. So today, our focus is uh, in Philippians 1.27. It says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Now, over the years, there's been a lot of ministry passages that we've memorized as a staff, and uh, we've we've hit uh, or taught on First and Second Thess- First Thessalonians one and two. I love teaching through that. Here's the methods and the message that needs to come across as you're ministering. Uh, Ephesians chapter four, which talks about uh, the body of Christ and how we serve together. Uh, Pastor Greg mentioned one of my favorites, Romans 8. Uh, We actually uh, poured through that a couple years ago and memorized a lot of that scripture. Great passage to focus on how you you minister and serve together. Romans 12, the one another's and uh, the opportunity to be able to uh, figure out how to serve together. Uh, I love Romans chapter 12. There's so many amazing passages. Philippians 2, we've probably gone and memorized as a staff, the beginning of Philippians 2, probably about four or five times uh, in my 20-plus years at at the camp. Love that passage. But just going right into Philippians 2 is Philippians 1. In verse 27, uh, that, that final phrase, standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. That's synergy. And when we're working and ministering and serving together, we can accomplish much more. I love teaching that. We, we pour through that and illustrate that, and we can see it in so many ways. We actually see that when you think about camp, when you think about the ministry of 97 churches coming together. Now, you could probably pull off a nice uh, activity or uh, I think this last fall you had a, a, something where you guys were, I just was stalking your Facebook page. It looked like you had uh, a nice after church fellowship or something like that. It was probably around the baptism time or something, I think. And you, know, you can do some of those things, but you can do a lot better for camp when you work with some others and you come together and it's amazing what you can do and you can accomplish so much more uh when you work together you're getting together with green that is so awesome uh but when you think about the body right here the body of christ you can accomplish so much more when you're actually working and serving together if this person's over here, and this person's over here, and this person's over here, and you just kind of do your own thing, and you aren't working together. Guess what? You got some stuff done, but when you're serving and ministering together, standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side, not only do you accomplish so much more, it's a blast, isn't it? Everybody just smile at me really quick. That'll help me a lot. There's like, Okay, yeah, we love serving together. And that's what Paul's talking about. Now, I've really focused on that over the years. But uh, this last fall, as I was really pouring over this passage, I started really looking at that first phrase, only let your your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that's actually what I would like to focus on today. And so, Revelation chapter 5. Let's turn there real quick. And uh, I'm going to just hit on a few of the verses, not the whole passage, but Revelation chapter 5. I'll start with verse 1. Then I saw on the right hand of him who had seated on the throne, talking about Christ, a scroll written within And on the back, sealed with seven seals, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and look into it. And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. And one of the elders said, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes. And it goes on, and it says in verse 7, He took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, fell down before the lamb. Verse 9, And I sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed the people for God. Christ is the one who ransomed. That's the gospel. From every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have been made a kingdom and a priest to our God, and shall reign on earth. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And so today, what I'd like to do is I would like to hit the wrong button, apparently. Let's see here. I'd like you to hear Senior High Camp answer that question, Who is worthy? So in the passage, it says we're to walk worthy, but really, who is the only one who is worthy? In Revelation 5, it answers that question, but really, the only one who is worthy is Jesus Christ. He's the Lamb of God. And what I'd like to do is really talk about how to be worthy of the gospel, and ultimately, Jesus Christ is the one. He's the answer, and... Uh, Only Jesus Christ is worthy. So we are worthy only because of the righteousness of Christ. That's the second thing I'd like you to emphasize. First of all, Jesus is the only one who's worthy. But secondly, we're only worthy because of Christ's righteousness. You and I are not worthy. You ever feel unworthy? I feel that way all the time. But Christ... Has made it possible for us to stand before the Lord. And that's an awesome thing. So you see those two verses there. Let's look at the bottom verse. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Who made it possible for us to have the righteousness of God? The one who is worthy. How can we become worthy? Become righteous? Only through Christ and his shed blood. So our theme verse, and we'll talk about this in Sunday school, is actually the, the top verse, 2 Corinthians 5.20. This summer, as we uh, talk about writing for the brand, uh, this will be our key verse. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So, who makes us worthy? Jesus Christ. It's His righteousness. But one of the most awesome things, think about this the God of the universe, the Savior of the world, wants you to be the one to proclaim His message of the gospel. That's an amazing thing. And so, we're going to have fun with writing for the brand this summer. Uh, but What I like to do is think about that passage. It asks us to be worthy. And one of the best ways that we can be worthy of the gospel is to actually share the gospel and help people understand how to be reconciled to God. And that's sharing what Jesus Christ has done. Silas uh, came along with me. This brings back memories. I used to bring Tyler when he was about that age. And Tyler was rounder than you. You're, you're much skinnier and better looking and smarter and all those things, Silas. But so used to bring Tyler. He was stronger. He could carry the, the case by himself. But uh, one of the things that is kind of a, an awesome thing uh, is, you know, our other four kids are gone. They're having their own kids. Number six just came this last week. That was an awesome thing. But Crazy Uncle Cy here and I, we get some special time uh, alone because they've all moved on. Uh, but each night we try to pray and many times read through some scripture. And, and this last fall we were looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. And so we started talking about what it means to be an ambassador. An ambassador, if I'm an ambassador to England, uh, the United Kingdom if I'm an ambassador to to there, I represent who? The United States, and specifically, who do I represent? The president. I am the mouthpiece of the president, and I speak for him. I do not speak and do not give my own opinions. Uh, What I do is I'm able to speak on behalf of the president. And uh, it's important that I don't come up with my own agenda, right? That would be really bad, and I'd be yanked home. And, but I'm there to represent the nation, but also to represent the president. We have something much greater than being the ambassador to whatever country you want to mention. We are an ambassador of the heavenly kingdom, of Jesus Christ, And if I'm going to be worthy, I have to actually be his mouthpiece. So Silas and I were going over that. It's it's like we have an amazing privilege and opportunity. Do You look at it like that. Because I don't care who you are, you're not worthy. I'm not worthy. As soon as I think I am, then I'm really not. But through Christ's righteousness that has been placed on me, I am worthy. And I have been commissioned by God, by his son, Jesus Christ, to proclaim that. That's an amazing thing. Do you look at life that way? Just kind of keep doing your thing. I'm here and I've... I got my job, I got this, I got school, I gotta study, I gotta do this, I'm going here, I'm going there. Or am I really in the back of my mind thinking the most important thing, my most important responsibility is actually I'm an ambassador. That's number one, that's my priority above all these other things. It's kind of interesting, life kind of moves on, right? So my son James, he is just kind of most likely wrapping up his time at UNI. He's graduating. And so when you, people get introduced to James, what do they say? He's a what? He's a basketball player. I mean, he can jump, he can shoot, he can do all these things. But really ultimately, is that what should be the greatest desire, to be known as a basketball player? or a pharmacist, or a farmer, or whatever, or is the most important thing to be known as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, God's spokesperson. That's an important thing. And so when we think about being worthy, I think that's a a vital thing. So let me ask you a couple questions. So... If I'm to be worthy of the gospel of Christ, but I have had Christ's righteousness placed on me, it's when God looks at me, he sees Christ's righteousness. Does it matter how I live? Well, according to this passage, of course it does. So it says to walk worthy. That's how you live. So does it matter how I live? Absolutely, it matters how I live. So do I have to live a perfect life? Is that possible, Gerald? No, it's not possible. It's not possible for us to live a perfect life. So what in the world does that mean? Uh, How many have been to men's or ladies' retreat? Anybody? Okay, quite a few of you. One of my favorite jobs that got stolen from me was to grill. Okay? I love that. I love smelling like that pork that day and I might sneak some of the best pieces, and I apologize for that, okay? I, that got stolen from me. So now, uh, one of the things I've, I've started doing is, uh, like, leading up to it, we have these, these loins, but they're too thick to be able to cook, you know, 500 or however many we're doing, and so you've got to butterfly them. And so I'm butterflying all these uh, and counting them out and cutting them and all this stuff, and actually it's kind of an enjoyable job. and So, so let, me, let me see here. Uh, I actually use this illustration with some college students. I was like, so if you have 45 minutes and uh, you were going to like turn on a Netflix or something, you'd probably like watch a show, you, know, a short show or something like that. Uh, but if you had like four and a half hours. What would you do? And, you know, like a lot of them, they're like, yeah, we'd probably just binge. So uh, on uh, that Thursday, Friday, I had about four and a half hours of cutting, and I'm not complaining. Uh, it, was, it was actually a good time, and so I binged. I didn't binge on Netflix. I binged on Craig Keck, okay? Craig Keck, you don't know who he is, maybe, but... Um, There you go. He spoke at family camp number four, and he spoke on what it means to have true repentance. And so he walked through, uh, boy, I'm going to, Psalm 32, Psalm uh, 51, David's confession and repentance. He walked through one of my favorite passages, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, what, what true repentance looks like, that godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. This guy helped me to really understand. So I binged on Craig Keck. I hit four messages. If you want to go onto our website, look up Family Camp 4 from last year, Craig Keck. I'll tell you what. Or if you go on Spotify. Merle, do you know what Spotify is? I'm just kidding. You don't. It's like all this new stuff that that Pastor Greg knows and I don't. But there's all kinds of different ways you can listen to this. But I just want to encourage you to think through what repentance means. Because we just said we are not going to be perfect, right? But we're supposed to walk worthy. So one of the, one of the um, let's see if I can read it better here. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. That's in the Proverbs. And then, one of the things he said it was almost like an off-handed comment as he was speaking he said a life of repentance it would be great if God would grant that for all of us a life of repentance what does that mean think about it because we're not perfect and so that means every day we're coming before the Lord and repenting and we are making sure that we are walking in a right relationship with our Lord. So how do you walk worthy? Living a life of repentance. Coming before the Lord humbly, seeking and confessing and seeking to have that forgiveness and then continuing to move on. We don't wallow in our sin, to use that uh, hog farm illustration, right? We don't wallow in that. We don't get stuck in that. We're able to turn the page and live a victorious life. When I just keep battling the same sin, it really it can be difficult. And it's probably because I haven't truly repented and forsaken that. And so I encourage you to, to, uh, to take time uh, to binge on Craig Keck rather than Netflix the next time you, you got uh, four hours on your time. We have an opportunity to obtain mercy. So who is worthy of the gospel? Only Christ is worthy. Revelation 5, we are worthy only because of the righteousness of Christ. And we are worthy as we walk by faith. Uh, I'm just going to read a little bit of Luke chapter 7. Jesus, you've heard of the centurion, right? After he had walked... Jesus Christ had finished all his sayings and the hearing of the people he entered Capernaum. So he's been preaching to thousands of people. Now a centurion had a servant who was uh, sick at the point of death who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent his elders to the Jews asking him to come and heal his servant. Now that's humbling for a Roman centurion <laughs> Uh you know, Romans, they're squashing the Jews, keeping them underfoot. And this man is reaching out to a Jew, reaching out to Jesus. And we came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying this about the centurion. He is worthy, he word to have you do this for him. For he loves our nation. He is one who has built our synagogues. He's actually been helpful to the Jews. And so the Jews are saying, This guy's worthy. When he was not far from the house, a centurion sent friends to him, saying, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I am a man who set under authority with soldiers under me. and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Here's what Jesus said. Get this. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Think about that. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, marveled at this guy. Has Christ ever marveled about you? I don't know. That's an interesting statement. Why did he marvel? That really got my antenna up. And he turned to the crowd, following him, and he said, I tell you, not Even in Israel have I found such faith. So, we are worthy when we walk by faith. And what will be the result of walking by faith? We're going to be ambassador. When we sin, we are... This is uh, the student body at Faith. This fall, I had a similar message to what I'm I'm speaking today, and I had everybody kind of come together and do one of these things. I'm not going to do that to you today, okay? We could, but I'm not going to. But let me read this one more time, and let's focus and think about the whole passage now. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's how we live. That's how... Uh, we, we react to what Christ has done for us. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, as Paul's saying, I may hear that you are doing what? Standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. I love the picture of our staff when they're trying to crank out men's retreat or ladies' retreat, or when we're, we have uh, a record number of, like, 450 family campers, which is almost, like, stupid. It's like, oh, my goodness, how are we doing this? But our staff, they, like, come together, and they're doing that Site If everybody's just doing their own thing, it would be a disaster. But when you come together and are doing it side-by-side And working together, it's an amazing picture of what God wants us to do in the church body. And that's strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. So as we bring this to a a conclusion, let me just say this. I'm very grateful for the church here at Horton. And uh, I'm praying that God will utilize our camp to bless you. But most importantly, I pray that God will use you as you walk worthy of the gospel and are working side by side and see what God might do and see people continue to believe in Christ, see people continue to be baptized as they profess their belief in Christ. What an amazing thing that God wants you and I who are unworthy but to be worthy be able to be part of his plan as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Father, what a privilege it is to open your word and realize and recognize that without you and without your son, we are nothing. But with him, you want to use us for your glory. And we pray that you will just be glorified and really... Uh, be able to, to use the body here at Horton Baptist Church. See, people believe in your son and walk with you in Christ's name.